guys welcome back to another episode today i'm on the floor with my good friend he's hi so this episode we're actually recording virtually because he's is in la while i'm in new york and yeah do you want to i don't know quickly introduce yourself yeah sure um hi guys i'm he's um i met esther through claire i think she was featured in <laughs> um the other episode i don't remember which one um shout out to claire yeah shout out to claire um and i live in la and so we're doing this through facetime and on GarageBand. so hopefully this works (laughs) out well yeah uh so he's on i actually both went to ucla so we had a lot of mutual friends Mm. and if anyone like knows he's all everyone knows that you're like the most <laughs> extroverted you're like crazy. a ball of sunshine yeah <laughs> um easy to get along i will say exactly so i invited hisa on to today's episode because i wanted to talk about something that was a little more personal to both of us and it is that we are both daca dun, dun, dun. daca so DACA stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, and it's basically it basically grants immigrants like me and Hisa who came here to the states at such a young age, and it prevents us from being deported so that we can be eligible for a work permit. So we're allowed to legally work in the states now, and the requirements for it, from my understanding, they're really strict there's like an application fee that you have to pay every yeah uh, yeah okay we're gonna talk about that too but um oh my god there's so much to yeah dude i have so much to say all right all right let's break it down first okay because i do know that a lot of people who don't know someone personally who is daca they actually don't really know what it is and they don't understand um what it really means for someone like you and i Mm -hmm. uh do you have anything you want to say on that or yeah um i think if you have friends who are daca they're more familiar um because like you guys probably asked your friends hey let's go on a trip to asia or something and then your one friend is like oh i can't go and they're like why can't you go and then they say they're daca and it's just this whole explanation of your their legal status here um but it's one of those things where if you don't have people around you who are daca like you won't know what it is because it's not very like frequently mentioned in the news until the recent times i feel like i feel like it's always a topic of conversation but it's not a huge like focus does that make sense like it's kind of like in the shadows of like immigration reform but we, we the umbrella the umbrella term for like these DACA kids is like um, illegal immigrants, kind of. And yeah, so, yeah, or like aliens. Yeah, aliens. So um, the term DACA is probably unfamiliar to some of the people who are listening in. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people I know who are DACA, so, well, at least for me, my situation, I still don't know like the full like all of the details of Mm. when I came and I'm sure like people listening who are also like in the same boat as us that 
they'll understand because if i bring it up to my mom and i ask her <clears throat> for like oh so why why don't i why don't i have any papers she kind of gets upset yeah oh my god yeah. wait and then i don't know about your parents or your mom but at least mine they're like it'll be figured out and i'm like yeah when <laughs> yeah. um but yeah i think there's there are a few missing pieces to the story for me as well yeah i don't exactly know what happened and um, i'm not even sure if i could share all the details of like how i became the way that i became right um but yeah there's there i didn't find out until i was probably in uh i think like in high school or like late middle school so mm. like eighth or ninth grade um my at church they were like going to some mission trip and uh, my friends were talking about like going to trips to europe and things like that and i was like mm-hmm. oh oh it's time for me to go on these global trips mm-hmm. and they were like sister you can't go mm-hmm. and i was so confused because I actually had a friend who was DACA and I knew that she was like, quote unquote, an illegal immigrant. Um, But I thought I was like way different from her. Right. And once they like broke that news, I didn't know how to like respond. I didn't know whether I was to be angry or it just felt unfair. But at the same time, I think my next thought was like, what does that mean for me and like my future? Mm. I don't know. When did you find out? uh i think i always kind of knew my status was different just because my brother was born here and so Mm. i saw it from a very young age when my the rest of my family they were able to go back and forth to korea while i wasn't able to um yeah but then i don't think i really understood what it meant until i was a little older i remember i was 16 and i wanted to drive uh-huh yeah and uh-huh. that was when i was like oh okay like <laughs> damn i'm i'm missing out on this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that then sucks. when you're applying to colleges oh right you, you're not eligible for fafsa yeah which is why i think you and i ended up going to Cal- <laughs> school in california because we probably couldn't pay out-of-state tuition without financial aid yeah. And it's uh, from what I knew back then, and this might be completely false, um, but at the age of like 18, I felt so stuck. And especially because both of us were probably the first ones to go to college because we were both chache or like the firstborn. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these things, like we're like the lab rat or like at least I am because my brother um, is also DACA. Um, so they were like testing out different things with me. And I thought I just couldn't go to school outside of California because I knew that I was eligible for the Cal Grant, Mm. which is a state-given scholarship Mm -hmm. or like financial aid. Sorry, not scholarship, financial aid. Um, But I think I felt super discouraged. um, And I felt so unfair because I did really well in high school, but um, I felt like I was limited to like where I could apply. And then when it came time to, like, fill out these scholarships, do you remember all of them asked for, like, either your permanent residency or your, like, proof of citizenship? Yeah. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, why did I try so freaking hard if I can't even, like, apply to any of these, like, scholarships? Mm -hmm. Which is why 
I but, mean, we still went to a great school. Yeah, <laughs> I. but I will say, I don't know how it was for you, but I was actually about to move to Korea because there were just no other options for me in terms of college. Um, like, I, we were, my, my parents were about to, like, enroll me in an in international school in Korea. Like, oh, we had, really? yeah, like, we were ready to hop oh. on a plane and go. And that was actually... Like this, and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you were in high school? When I was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was gonna I was gonna mm-hmm. go back to Korea and just finish high school there. But then that was the year when Dream Act passed. Yeah, that's yeah. when Obama like eighth grade yeah. is when like probably Obama was mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's why I figured it out then too. Actually I was I'm a little younger than you, so that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but um yeah, for sure. Isn't that crazy how that that timing worked out? Yeah, dude. I'm like thinking about. I got. I just got chills. Yeah. No. Dude, ev- that's crazy. Yeah. Every time I think back to that, that's when I'm like, damn. Like God is good. That that was like all I could yeah, think no, of. God is yeah. real. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it was just the cr- the timing was just crazy. And then because of that, I was able to attend a public university here, UCLA. Oh, I see. And then. Also, I think by the time I was a junior at UCLA, uh-huh, they uh-huh. implemented the like dream loans. Like UCLA had oh. a private dream loan. Oh, I know about that. Yeah, I've been to the counselor's office many times. They have a department for uh, like a counselor for for dreamers, students. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, dude, UCLA took care of us so well. I'm like, I'm very grateful though, because there are so many people yeah. who don't qualify. Yeah for DACA and also a lot of people who can't afford it yeah I think it puts me back into this like weird loop of like step one freaking thankful I'm like dude at least I got to go to college at least I can get a job legally like I think the number one like misconception people have about DACA Mm -hmm. people is that like we don't pay taxes um, we're spending government spending without being responsible right um I'm gonna break that to you. I pay my taxes, and it sucks <laughs> <laughs> because I don't. I don't feel like I reap the benefits of the taxes, yeah. um, or like all of it, right? And then, but anyway, I'm grateful. That's step one, and the step two is like, okay, but how, how long could this last, or this like feeling of gratefulness last before I want more? Mm-hmm. And then my second question that pops into my head is like, am I allowed to want more? right like am i um should i just be satisfied with what we have right now or mm. am i entitled to want more right mm. um because like media tells us that or at least like on the conservative side they're like oh you're basically paying like the not the sins but the repercussions of what your parents like did right like mm-hmm. their mistake of overstaying their visa like this is just like the you know what do you call that the downside mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of um yeah and then and then i go back into that loop of like oh like but i should be grateful mm. because at least i have this so you feel guilty yeah. no not that i feel i feel guilty for wanting more mm. like feeling because um we celebrate the fact that like we are allowed to stay here mm-hmm. right but then am I allowed to want to be a permanent resident here, right? Right. 
Or should I just be satisfied knowing that I won't be deported? That's like... <sighs> I mean... Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I feel that too. But I also think it's normal to want more. Um, mm. Because I think one thing that frustrates me is the fact that we're we're always kind of walking on eggshells it kind of feels like that you know like yeah like our status is so temporary like we have to renew it every two years and every Mm -hmm. two every two years you have to you know pay the application fee and it's just i remember those four years that like trump was in office and there were so many times they were going to get rid of daca like how many times were you like all right i'm moving to korea (laughs) Oh my god, so funny. Side story. I feel that all the time. But so basically, when Esther and I first met, or met, um, like we got really drunk, or we were drinking. And then uh, (laughs) I don't know who said it first. It might have been Esther. Mm -hmm. She was like, she said something. I think I said like, let's just pack and move to Korea or or something like that. (laughs) And then... um, you you were like did you know that i'm daca and i was like what no way i'm daca <laughs> and we just had this like instant connection of like just knowing all the freaking little pains yeah. that you have to go through to file for the application you're crossing your fingers making like to make sure that it gets processed correctly mm-hmm. like i remember when trump got first elected i still distinctly remember where I was like what I was doing and like my emotions right after like the election was happening and my friends and I just thought that Hillary would win we were like the first female president we gotta go celebrate so we went to um chorus karaoke Uh in an uber and we're like singing our hearts out and then like we're watching like the needle and slowly but surely it's like pointing to trump and i remember thinking like oh my god we have to go back and we went back this is our sophomore year so i think you guys were still in college i think this is your senior year yeah 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 and so we we went back to the dorm and then like i remember sitting on my bed and just bawling because i thought my status would be just revoked the next day Mm. (laughs) which is so like so unlikely and illogical irrational almost but that's kind of what this presidency was like just uncertainty of like what would happen to dreamers um especially if trump was for taking this program away Mm -hmm. um but i feel like another part of me like yeah i was really i was always antsy but another part of me was kind of numb to it because i feel like that was my whole life Oh my god, you know? I was just gonna say that. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's just like old news at one point. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'll if you deport me, I'll go willingly. <laughs> Especially during quarantine. It was kind of like I mean if if that's what it becomes, like I've already I already have like plans steps ahead of me of like this is what I'll do when I go to Korea. Like this is how I'll make money, like dude. <laughs> I'll try to find a job here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I looked for jobs in Korea before, too. I was like, yeah. all right, if all else fails, I I need to figure out a way to make money in Korea. Yeah. So I was, like, looking yeah. things up. How do, you, like, your friends, when did they first find, did they always know that you were undocumented or DACA? Um, 
so okay so for me i've never been really ashamed of my status like i know people who are Mm. daca who uh, Mm. don't who try to hide it which you know Mm. i totally like respect that and um and i get it but i think for me i've always been pretty open about it and i think it's because i've been surrounded by people who have been very like gracious and like trying to willing to understand what that means um so i I don't know how the conversations would come up. It's probably when my friends would be like, hey, like it's spring break. Let's go to Cancun or like, Mm. oh, let's, you know, like let's go to Korea this summer. That's when I'd be like, oh, I can't go. And then they'd be like, why? And I'd be like, because I'm DACA. And then they'd be like, oh, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you have like a whole like summary paragraph made for yourself every time (laughs) someone asks you? Like, I'm so prepared. I'm like. Well, basically, um, I'm this thing called DACA. Have you heard of it before? And they're like, no. And I like give them the whole like rundown of why I am the way that I am. Mm. Um, but even like recently, Claire, Sora, and Nicole, um, I like they know that I'm DACA. Mm, they're your sure. they're your but, roommates. Yeah, they're my roommates. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, but they, I think like it was Nicole or maybe even Claire I don't know who but they were like oh we should do a trip to like should we go to like Canada or something or like somewhere outside of the country Mm -hmm. and I was like yeah guys yeah we should go (laughs) and I remember like their reaction right after is like oh shoot sorry I totally forgot Mm -hmm. but I think at this point I'm not even like it doesn't even phase me at a certain point you just get used to it accept the reality of like I'm probably not going to be able to travel outside of the United States until I get married. Mm. And so um, this brings me to my next point. I, to my coworkers, they, um, like, I'm not really shy about sharing my status either. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, in the more recent times. I think as I graduated, or even graduated high school, going into college... I was more, like, free about, like, my legal status. Um, I was less scared to share Mm. and tell people. But I remember when I first started working, I was like, dude, how do I break the news to them that I'm DACA? Mm -hmm. Even if I don't have to, I just felt like it's such a big part of me now that I I have to share. Like, a lot of the ways that I am now, like, the characteristics I have is because, like, I came from a certain background and, like, Mm. DACA has to do with it. And so Wait, like what? whenever, oh, like, for, it's just like um, my behaviors of when I'm at home too. Oh. So like, kind of like making sure everything, like if something is wrong in my life, I don't share or I don't tell my parents until I have everything figured out mm. because like, I feel like that's another burden that I'm putting on them mm-hmm. when they know that, like, they're, like, I feel like it's it might be too much for them to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this comes from my dad. Like, I gave okay. Wow, this is going into the deeps of <laughs> my my story. But mm-hmm. like my junior year, up until junior year, I majored in biology. I don't do anything 
close to that right now. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be a dentist. And then my junior year, I told my parents that I didn't want to be a dentist anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like my mom flipped out. Like she was like, oh my God, I'm going to disown you for a week, blah, blah, blah. Typical like Korean stuff. Um, and then my dad sat me down and he was like doing the dishes. And I remember his his face wasn't towards me. I was just like looking at his back because he was doing the dishes in the kitchen. And he's like, um, are you giving up dentistry because of your status? Mm. He was like, oh, is it my fault? that? Do you feel like, you know, it would be impossible for you to get a loan? Or like, why do you want to give that up? And I remember feeling so sad. Like, oh, it's not my, like, yeah, it's their fault. But at the same time, I've come to the point of like, at this point, it's not even your fault anymore. Like, yeah, everything for me should I feel like it should be figured out so you don't have to feel so responsible for um, my decisions in the future but I think the fact that my dad automatically just assumed that it was his fault for me not pursuing to become a dentist made me really really sad Mm. and my dad doing the dishes it was just a sad like view Mm -hmm. he was he apologized saying like oh like I'm sorry like it's all my fault Mm. and I realized he wasn't even talking about like dentistry at this point he was just talking about all of the missed opportunities that I might have had in life yeah Um, because of my status he was like kind of apologizing for that yeah Um, and I think even though that was the first time my dad has expressed it with his words I think growing up like uh, like I knew that he was doing everything that he could, at least from like eighth grade on, right? When I found out that I was um, like undocumented, to make everything all right to for me to have like a normal life. And so, like when things happen to me, for example, I have this weird eye twitch that I'm getting Botox for on Friday. I didn't tell my parents until I had like a plan of like okay, I'm going to get a freaking CT scan on this day or an MRI, and then I'm going to get treatment on this date. And I think it all ties back into feeling that maybe they don't have the capacity to handle all of my problems because there's this, like, one big thing that they're trying to, like, solve out. Mm. Did that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. Anytime I think about my mom, it... I don't... See... When I think about my mom, there's always this one memory that Mm. comes to mind. It's when I was dating my, like, first, like, my high school boyfriend at the time. And his mom didn't like me. And for whatever reason, right? But Mm -hmm. I remember when I told my mom that. And my mom's, like, face just completely changed. And she said, like, oh, is it because of me? She was like, is it because of me? I think it's because from a mom's point of view, she thinks that anytime I'm in a position of like potentially marrying someone that the other family is going to look at me like I'm kind of using them for their status. Mm. And then so she felt like a lot of the blame was on her. And also she thought that um, it could also be that I wasn't coming from a very good like quote-unquote good family because oh, she was a I waitress see. and like you know what i mean like I, oh yeah it, yeah it was just like a lot of i was like oh mama mm. like a mom's heart and so when i heard that i was like dude f this guy f his mom <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
I was like, how dare she make my mom feel like this? <laughs> how dare he share that with you? <laughs> well, I mean, it, no, it wasn't. He was, it had nothing to do with like him and the relationship. But I just, I just remember that moment. And that was the first mm. time I really felt my mom's, um, or that was the first time I like really empathized with my mom, I guess, and kind of mm-hmm. understood. And that's when I backed off and stopped like bothering her with questions because i'm sure you know it's not something she Mm. wants to talk about either and so like they're not exactly proud of yeah like what what's happened to us basically and like it's not something that they're gonna openly talk about which i think i've come to terms with and it sounds like you've also kind of like yeah um okay wait so then i guess going back to the dating thing since we're kind of talking about that is that something that you bring up on first dates? Um, yeah, uh, no, but <laughs> or only like because I haven't been on many first dates. Oh no, but I'm very open about it, so I feel mm. like it would just come up in conversation. Mm. Um, but this is what I wanted to share. Like one of the first I icebreakers that i've shared with my coworkers is like they always ask me like oh what do you look for in a guy or whatever mm. i'm like guys i just need the three c's and they're like what are the, they're like what are the three c's i'm like go ahead and guess and they know that like i, I go to church and stuff so they're like oh like christian i was like yeah 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 and then they get to the second C and they get really stuck. And some of them, like, trying to be funny, they're like, oh, C with the Korean, you know, <laughs> Korean with the C. And I'm like, no, no. Um, and I say, oh, it's citizen. And they're like, why? And this is a, such a good icebreaker to kind of bring up my status. Mm. I'm like, oh, like, um, I need to marry a citizen because that's the only way I'll be able to have permanent residency here. Right. Um, have you heard of DACA before? And, like, I explained the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And then I get to my third C and they're like, oh, cute. I'm like, no. He's like, charismatic? No. I say cash. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it makes them laugh every single time. Um, but it's definitely something that I look for, like citizenship. Um, there was this one time I went on this hinge date. Mm-hmm. And, you know, girls, us girls, were so good at, like, looking them up on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, before you actually go. And um, I remember, like, being effing shook because I looked at one of his, like, Instagram stories, like, his saved, like, archives, you Mm -hmm. know, the ones that are Mm -hmm. put into your highlights. And it looked like he traveled a lot. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a good sign, right? Like, at least he's not DACA. (laughs) And then I keep scrolling and, like, his passport wasn't, like, the U.S. passport. And I remember just thinking, I literally went up to all my friends and I was like, do I not go on this date? Because <laughs> this will lead nowhere. Aww, wait, but I did sad. end up going and he was so sweet. I know, it's, it's so sad. It, I feel yeah, so yeah. limited in my it options. It sucks that we have to, I don't know, it kind of, um, what is it? It makes the pool that much smaller. Yeah. Do your friends ever ask you, like, what if they're like the perfect guy? But, like, he was born in Korea and, like, he doesn't have a U.S., like, citizenship. What would you do? I think when I was younger, I was like, oh, no, I I can't. Like, I, it would only have to be a citizen. But I think now Hmm. I wouldn't mind going back to Korea. Like, let's say this was 
the perfect guy and like everything was great mm-hmm. except that one factor then i don't know i would i i don't know yo yo you bold <laughs> i'm a i'm a romantic <laughs> yeah you built different <laughs> i don't know but then but then again like i don't know it, dude. the situation would have to come up for me to like really decide who knows yeah because yeah, yeah. In, re- in reality, it's so much easier to say, like, oh, I right. would never. But, like, you get there, and if you guys have good chemistry, and we're just, like, just clicking on every single level, then it's probably something that I will Yeah, but but I also think don't about think it would ever get that far, because I feel like this conversation generally comes up pretty early on. So I feel like you'll know you know yeah yeah it it definitely comes up but how do you decide if they're like worth it or not i don't know Mm. i feel like i would lean towards the side of like it's probably not worth it because i think my parents would be so so against it like they'd be like why do you why would you set yourself up for failure but esther we have hope yeah i mean esther we have hope (laughs) no we really do another thing i'm very grateful for is the fact that my brother was born here and so Mm. at least my mom had a like a path to legal residency here yeah because like as soon as my brother turned 21 he petitioned for my mom and my mom was able to visit korea for the first time in like 20 years so yeah that's the dream i was like okay like as long as she got to go back to her home country like that's fine i can wait another five ten years like it's not it's not that big of a deal for me yeah we have so much time and we're like fortunate enough to have come at such a young age right like that our whole world is actually here like even if i were to go to korea like it's not like i would be seeing my old friends it would just be there's one thing it's Mm -hmm. like i i haven't met some of my cousins ever because my entire uh family lives in korea mm-hmm. except for us and so like my grandparents are there um i think one of the more most heartbreaking um parts about being daca was like my dad not being able to attend his own dad's mm. funeral i think that's like uh, everything aside like that's the right. hardest part when you have family members where if they get sick um like you have no opportunity to actually go see them and actually, uh, when Obama was the president, they had something called an advanced. Oh yeah! Program. Did you ever um, use yeah. it? Like apply? Yeah, I think I, I think so. When I was like in fifth grade, and I got, or mm. something like that. But I remember when I w- got into college, I was like, oh my god! Like maybe I could go study abroad because it was qualified mm. for that. But then trump got elected yeah. in the house and it, it was just all my plans for like study abroad was yeah like, that was that was one of my regrets early on in college because i had a friend who actually uh studied abroad thanks to advanced parole i think she just had to do some yeah. sort of like project or something but she was telling yeah. me about it and i was like looking into it and i was gonna apply but then but then trump and then it got too risky to use it so i was like oh f that yeah have you ever lost your uh work permit before 
No, I you like your card. You've lost Yo. it, dude. That thing is like, <laughs> dude. First of all, it's expensive. But second, so this was when I first got hired at my current job. So I go to orientation, right? This is after I got hired and everything. It was my first day of work, and like the HR ladies, like, okay, now everyone bring out their documentations. And I'm like, what? What <laughs> documentations? And I only brought my like、mm. tax forms because you have to fill out your W four or W two or something like that. And everyone's showing off their blue passports or like we had like global hiring, so people were bringing out their like visas and things like that. And I remember feeling so stupid because I brought actually like a, a printed、mm. copy, so like a yeah print. And they're like, yeah, we need the actual card. And my heart was like beating so fast because my automatic next thought was like, oh my god, I'm not gonna get hired because, or I'm gonna get fired on the first day because I don't have the proper documentation.、Yeah. And then I go home looking for my card, and it's nowhere to be found. And I'm like, oh my holy、god. crap, I lost it. And like, I would be panicking. So I go to work the next. Oh my god, I was so I like looked up. You can't find like. FAQs anywhere about this stuff? Like, there's no like、yeah. true source. Like, Reddit is like your number one friend. I'm like on Reddit. Like, what do you do when you lose your work permit card? Like, can you still get employed? Like, blah blah blah. How do you prove that? Like, you had one. I go back to the office the next day, and I literally my hands are shaking on Slack. I have to message the HR person. <clears throat> I'm like, hey, um, I actually have something very personal to talk about with you. It's regarding my, um, you know. Work authorization card, and she was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we can meet real quick." So, this is me, twenty two years old, like not knowing a thing about like the corporate world or whatever. We go into、mm-hmm. this meeting room, and I'm sitting there like shaking, like with tears in my eyes, like、Aww. I lost my work permit. <laughs> I lost it, and she's like, "Oh my god, sweetie, it's okay." Like. Don't worry about it. You'll find it. How about you go home、Aww. and try looking for it again? And if you can't find it, we'll think of something. And I remember just feeling so relieved because I thought this was like, big. Thank God I have that like copy file, and I got my card again because all you have to do is like apply for it,、mm-hmm. and they'll send you one.、Um, but I remember going back in my car, and the goodness of God by Bethel was playing. <laughs> I remember I was crying. I was like, God is so good. <laughs> His timing is so good, but yeah, I, I thought of that story when you were, <laughs> when you talked about how everything、yeah. like lined up. Like, do when the, those things happen, you're like, dude, I'm meant to be、mm. here. Like, I'm freaking American. Like, I belong、mm. in the states. You know, I feel you. Yeah, I, I always found a way around it,、um, mm-hmm. and so I always assumed like things would work out. I think I'm generally like, I'm like stupidly optimistic. <laughs> Everything will work out. I love that、God's、though. Timing. It's just. You know what the Korean saying to that? I say this all the time. 어떻게든되겠지뭐어떻게든되겠지어 If I get kicked out, I get kicked out. Like whatever. <laughs> do you do you think it's because of the way we were raised and our status that we're always just like, you know what? All we can do is hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Is I know you hope for the best. I'm like prepare、mm. for the worst. You know what I'm saying? Like. Oh, like if they bring really bad news, like today, like freaking ice comes to my door, and they're like, "Get your bags, you're leaving." 
I will gladly leave. I'll be like, okay, I'm ready. You got everything ready. Take <laughs> me. Yeah, you're like mentally ready. prepared. Yeah, more. Yeah, more than like being removed from friends or whatever. I'm like mentally prepared to like start mm. my life again because that's what mm. it's gonna be, right? Like, you go back to Korea. Not even going back. It's like you practically going for right. the first time since you've freaking moved to yeah. the United States. And it's, I came when I was like five, so. I definitely don't know what it's like to live there now. Yeah, yeah so, dude, I came when I was one. I was <laughs> legit 18 months old when I hopped on a plane. So, aren't you so, aren't you so yeah. old? Oh, I don't know how to say that like, in English. Like, I feel very, what is that in English? I don't know. Helpless? I don't know. I don't know. If you just, if you just came <laughs> one and a half years earlier. Yeah, that one year, I'm like, damn, just I should have waited a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. A little bit later. Like, why couldn't you have come just 1.5 years? Or not even 1.5 years. I half know. a year earlier than I could have, you know. And I think the best part um, is that at, since Trump mm. is not our president anymore, a lot of people or some someone told me like, hey, it's not like mm. Biden's gonna make a big change. Like, you can't just trust that he's going to make everything happen, basically. But for me, it was less of like what was going to become of us, but more of like a symbolic relief that at least I know the president of the United yeah. States like thinks that I have a right to stay here. I think it was more of like a mental and like emotional relief. It was more like you could finally put all like, what is that? Like no more tension. You're not like tense. Yeah. 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 yeah let go oh my God, i can't english today <laughs> us saying that yeah us saying that we came at the ages of one and five but <laughs> we, 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 we can't speak we're english. still fobs on paper we're still fobs on paper yeah no but for sure like i mm. i like cried during the inauguration i was so overwhelmed it might sound super corny but when j-lo sang this land is I think it's this land is Dude, my I land. Chills. Yo, I was like, oh, girl, sing. First of all, she sounded beautiful, but second of all, like, I was like, oh my god, she's singing for me. <laughs> all right, just for you. Yeah, she's, she's singing just for, for you. Me. She's singing for you, me, the rest of the community. Mm-hmm. That's Daka. Like, sis was out there singing our anthem, and like, yeah, I don't know. I I I think this. Um, it was so meaningful. It was so different from when like Trump got elected. I like mm. it's just night and day for me mm. at least. No, for sure. It was there's hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, and another thing is like on the news when they talk about DACA people, it's usually right. like um not it doesn't include Koreans. Like they automatically talk about the border they're like oh like oh my that's so true yeah they're like um latin american slash mexicans or chicano chicanas who don't have statuses and they just like put us under this huge umbrella and they just wrap it up all up into like one like little i don't know group of people when it's really not like that yeah there are like everyone's story and their case is so different um but yeah, I feel like people tend to categorize dreamers as just like one particular group, but that's not the case at all. Yeah. And and I also saw something interesting recently. I think I was just like scrolling. 
either through YouTube or Instagram or something. And it was like, like not every dreamer excelled in school and they're not working mm-hmm. at like these huge companies. Like we can't keep saying that, you know, they're the only ones who deserve this status. There are yeah. so many other people who didn't get the proper education because maybe they couldn't financially support themselves or whatever. I don't know. There are so many different um, factors. Yeah. But yeah, I think that is important to note is that everyone's case is so different. Yeah. And yeah. it's, I think um, when the whole like, oh, get rid of um, DACA, like that whole thing was going on with Trump's administration, yeah. like, I always wonder this, like, if they knew the person and, like, personally, and they knew their mm. stories and the reasons why they are undocumented, I just, like, can't come to terms with people who are, like, no, all of them are the same. They're criminals. Like, mm. you know, it, it just feels so unfair that they do profile us in that one, you know, group. Right. That's criminals. They just, like, people just assume that without really knowing what dreamers are who dreamers are yeah exactly i I like got to um go to this dinner with the mayor of la Mm. um he ate with yeah it was a few years ago but he ate with a bunch of dreamers and i remember sitting there thinking like wow like everyone is so different they their stories are so different and it was pretty empowering to see like people who have excelled um even with their statuses and i remember thinking like wow nothing can stop me but um there were lawyers in that at that dinner teachers like people who were working in corporate offices and i remember Mm -hmm. just like man like and i i think i started thinking of this because you just mentioned what you saw on instagram slash facebook like even apart from our economic statuses our social statuses like people should have a right or a pathway to at least i don't know get their permanent residency somehow because we can't just be in limbo forever and i think yeah when my friends texted me saying that i don't even know if i already talked about this or maybe we just discussed this before the podcast but Mm. when the Supreme Court basically ruled that DACA was here to stay. I got so many text messages saying like, congrats, like Mm. you can stay. And a part of me, obviously was so grateful for those friends because they were thinking of me. But another part is like, okay, so like, Mm. yes, I'm here to stay. But like, it really feel, it doesn't really feel that way because like our statuses are temporary. You just never know what's going to be next. You know? Yeah everything's always just uncertain and up in the air yeah Um, yeah what's like one question that you've been asked do you have do you ever remember like a time when people someone asked you um something about daca um Um, i don't know if it's so much about daca specifically but whenever i tell people my status they're always curious about how that even happened Mm. yeah because they're like they can't they can't understand like what went wrong like there are other people who came here and they're able to get a green card like why didn't you or like like you know what i mean and yeah it's i think the worst part is that i can't answer it 
like I mentioned in the beginning, like I don't really know the details yeah. as to what happened. So I really like it's frustrating for me too because yeah. like I don't know why I am in this position, but yeah. like I've accepted it. I'm not I'm not gonna like there's no point in blaming anyone. Yeah, and that I mean that's yeah. why DACA exists, right? Because they're saying that we came here so when we were so young it's like how would we ever know to yeah. not overstay our visa but i exactly. like one question that i got asked was like well, why can't you just get in line to get your mm. like green card Mm-mm-mm. and in that moment i was like huh i was like <laughs> i was like oh if it was that easy i would have already had my green card you know dude yeah have you ever looked up like the priority order too because you know how i told you my brother is a citizen yeah um, and the reason why he can petition for my mom and not me is because siblings are considered like last priority. I yeah. think there's like 10, there's like 10 categories. Yeah. And siblings are like the last. Then I'm um, telling you, yeah. we got to get married. <laughs> yeah. So no, the fastest my, way for us is marriage. My sister is also born here. So we have oh, right. me and my brother and then my sister. So I was like, oh my God, maybe I can get my citizenship or my permanent residency, um, from from my sister but nah <laughs> i, I hope like, i'm married by the time that happens me too i was like, like no i must save my money i'm gonna yeah. wait until i get married <laughs> seriously but then even then it's like such a process i know uh like all those green card interviews and stuff yeah, yeah. you you really can't fake it because the it's so strict like, mm. I know friends who have gone through, um, like, they got married and then they got their citizenships and whatever. And, like, mm. it's, like, a whole year of, like, mm. they have to be living with each other even before they're actually married. So, like, they throw their weddings after having a court wedding. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, they get engaged and then, like, a few months later, they they have a court wedding and they start living mm-hmm. together. Like, they're living out their married lives. And then a year later they like throw their reception and then um this one couple that i know they had their green card uh, interview like the day after their wedding or something like that or two days after yep it's tough uh yes. i guess to close though do you have let's end on like a positive note um yes oh how about like what was in the news about biden's plan for um what is it called again i don't want to it's called the U.S. Um, Citizenship Act of 2021. U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021, right. And it's basically like creating yes. a pathway for people to get citizenship within eight years or something, right? Yeah, so oh, it's, five. it's okay. five years. It So it's five years for a permanent mm-hmm. residency, so a green card, and then three years after yeah. that for a citizenship yeah, and there are certain, um, like, categories that you have to fall into, but DACA is, like, one of them, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. I, I actually have to read up more on it, but I know that was, like, one of the first things he did when he um, was inaugurated, so that's exciting. Yeah, and you know what was clutch? What? Georgia coming through <gasps> with... I uh, know. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Oh my god. I went to sleep thinking that the Republicans had Georgia, yeah. at least the Senate, and then 
I woke up with some good news. I was like, oh my yeah. god. And then I called my dad and he was so happy. I'm very hopeful, actually. I am that, too. You know, things will get done um, during this administration. So watch out in five years. What is that? 2026. Catch me outside of Itaewon. I don't know. Oh, let's go. I'll be remember, out on about. Wait, he's on. Remember when... We were talking on that drunk night. We were like, we're going to Korea <laughs> yeah. together. We're going to yeah, we'll, live it up. We'll F it up over there. Dude, the moment that happens, though, I'm going to go. Yo, I'm spending like three months in Korea. <laughs> yeah, like remote work, who, what, when, uh, catch me in Korea. For real. All right. Well, that was really fun. Um, thanks, Hisa, so much for agreeing to talk about this with me. I think it's such an important topic, and I'm glad that, you know, we were able to share a little bit about our stories. Obviously, you know, it's not like the whole story, but it's a little piece of it to help people kind of understand. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Oh, you want to share the bucket hats? Oh, oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Guys, um, my mom is a stay-at-home mom. Um, she doesn't do much with her time, but she loves quilting and she's super good at it. And so she makes these bucket hats. And Esther was actually one of the first people to buy one from my mom. And I think you like wore it out on a hike yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, re- I still remember the picture. Um, and then she's still making them. Um, you guys could follow her Instagram at quilted.ysk. Um, and yeah, if you guys want to say hi, you can also follow me at he's Holly. Yay. <laughs> can you spell that? Yeah, it's H-I-S-E-O-L-E-E. All right. Well, that's all we have time for today. And we will tune in again next time. Bye. Bye.